Well, it's good to be back at Sterling. It's good to see everybody again. I know you don't know who I am. I'm from Rusty, obviously. I'm Ivy and going to be related to Joe here soon. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I forgot something real quick. Hold on for a second. I, I get thirsty sometimes when I speak. So I wanted to get my jug. Is <laughs> a problem with that or something? When they came out, and was graduating with a jug in his hand. I thought, oh my gosh, okay, anyway. <laughs> so those of you who get that, it's awesome. But anyway, it's good to be back here. Obviously, senior year, obviously he's graduating, getting married. And you've been coming here, I don't know, a couple years. And, and I've been sending kids here for almost seven. And uh, so you may, you, know, you may feel like you've been here a long time, but I've been sending money here a long time. So uh, anyway, before we talk about Jonah, let me ask you a question, okay? Today I'm going to sum up the story of Jonah. Okay, I got, we're just going to fly through it, all right? So this is what we're going to do. I want to ask you a question. Do you really believe the story of Jonah? Because a lot of people today, you might have a professor, I'm sure not in this college, but I have in other places who really didn't believe. I went, in fact, I majored in religion in the secular school, and they didn't, they didn't believe all the Bible. But do you really believe the story of Jonah? I do. And let me tell you why I believe the story of Jonah. It's because Jesus believed the story of Jonah. And if Jesus can die and three days later be raised from the dead, I'm going to believe anything that he says. In fact, Jesus talked about Jonah and he referenced Jonah many times in, in referring to and comparing a metaphor of Jonah being in the belly of the well for three days and also predicting his resurrection. So I believe that because Jesus said it, but I also believe it because God's word is inspired. And as we go through the story of Jonah, I want you to look at this because here's an amazing story that I think really fits where all of us are. This is a story about a guy who became a prophet who didn't want to be a prophet. It's kind of like, almost like my story because my family has always been in ministry, and uh, my dad's a pastor, my grandfather's a pastor, my great-grandfather was a pastor, and so when I decided that I wanted to do something with my life, the last thing I wanted to do is do this. In fact, I wanted to go into journalism, and so I kind of ran from God, so I get that. I didn't do what Jonah did and try to, you know, go off and do something crazy, but, I, you know, I get the whole story, but let me just kind of sum up Jonah. The first part of Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, is, and this is kind of the story of Jonah, if you run from God, you're going to get caught. If you decide that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you decide you're going to run from God, eventually God's going to catch up with you. Because you know, and you've probably been there before, when God speaks to your heart, it's like this thing that stays with you. And it's always with you. And it's like, you know, you, you try to avoid it maybe by doing your own thing or acting your own way or acting out. But if you run from God, you're eventually going to get caught. Now, I don't believe it's the kind of thing that God's after you and he's mad at you and he's angry at you. It's kind of like a song I was listening to on the way up here is that God's grace is chasing after you. It's his love that's chasing after you. It's, you know, you, you can't run from that type of love and who would want to. Let me read you a verse in Jonah 1.3 that sums this up. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He headed for Tarshish. So he went down to the port of Joppa. And there he found a ship that was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went on board. Then he sailed for Tarshish and he was running away from the Lord. Now, I love a couple of things and I'll point up out a couple of verses, a couple of words in this verse that actually mean something to me. He went down. Jonah went west instead of east. And Jonah decided, you know what? I'm going to go as far from God as I could possibly go. In fact, I, the, as far as they knew, Tarshish was as far as you could go in the known world. So I don't know what point of reference, maybe for you it's Fiji or some other place, or for some of you it's Boputetswana, or some place that you would think you, it would be. Jonah went as far from the voice of God. In fact, one of the things that we see here is that Jonah was not necessarily running from God. He was running from the voice of God. He was running from his own conscience. He was running for how God was leading. And I love this. So he went down to the port of Joppa. 
You know something? Here's what I've discovered in my own life. Disobedience always is down. Disobedience is always down. It's never up. It's always down. And Jonah decided he was going to go down. So here's the takeaway. You can't run away from God. Now, I'm always entertained by people, especially, I don't know, your age, who think that I'm the Lord. Now, please don't be offended by that, but they do. And they block me on Twitter because they don't want to know what the pastor, you know, the pastor doesn't need to see what I'm doing or the comments I'm making or they block me on Facebook. And uh, you can you could block me on Facebook. You can block me on Twitter. You know, don't even follow me for that reason. But I'm not the Lord. OK, just 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 so, so you know that I'm not the Lord. And just so you block someone from seeing you, God can always see what you're doing. You know, just because you block someone on social media that you don't want them to see what you're doing. God can always see what you're doing. And that's kind of where Jonah was. And also I see this in Jonah chapter one. Jonah's disobedience affected other people. It just didn't affect him. He had all these people on the ship, right? And they didn't want to be a part of this. In fact, they eventually he asked to be thrown overboard. And the consequences of your choices will affect the, the lives of the people you love the most. So that's Jonah chapter one. Jonah chapter two, your bad choices are going to swallow you whole. I mean, one thing I've learned is the choices you make, obviously, are going to lead to blessing or they're going to lead to pain. They're going to lead to blessing because you choose the right choice, right? And that choice plays out because God had a plan. And in that plan, he's working and he's orchestrating these awesome things that he wants to do in your life. And you know exactly what I'm talking about because some of you even regret some of the choices you've already made. And you feel like that choice has swallowed you whole. And so here's what happens. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. But the Lord sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Now, this wasn't a well as we understand it. In fact, uh, Jesus referred to this as a sea monster. In fact, the Hebrew word he used was a sea monster. So we think it was a large fish and, and, and that kind of thing. And, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now, I've been spanked by God pretty good, as Hebrews talks about. Those of you who follow Christ, eventually, if you decide to do your own thing, God's going to get a hold of you, and he's going to give you a little spanking. However, I've never been spanked three days and three nights in the belly of a fish. Now, can you imagine being digested for three days and three nights, all right? You're in the belly of a fish being digested. Some of you get this, because this is what your room smells like. You know what I'm talking about, right? I had a roommate in college. They would not do his laundry until it was all gone. I mean, he's basically naked. You know, I had nothing to wear, you know. And he said, like, I don't have anything to wear. Jeff, your clothes are all in the middle of the room. He would pile them up and he just reeked. You could walk in the room and just smell it. Can you imagine what Jonah smelt like and what he dealt like, what he felt like during that time? Three days and three nights, he was in the belly of a, of a, of a fish. Now, let me give you a couple jokes, all right? I now qualify those as jokes because I'm not a comedian. Jonah had a well house for a jail house. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Jonah spent the night on a foam blubber mattress. That's the best I got, okay? I'm going to be here for about an hour. So let's review. Jonah gets tossed overboard. He's swallowed by a gray fish, and he's being digested for three days. Now, truth is, we've all made bad choices. We've all made choices that we regret, and it's led to self-inflicted pain. So how do you respond when God steps in? And he gives you a good spanking. Here's what Jonah does. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah does what we all do. 
when we find that we have pain that we cause in our own life, we pray. Jonah prays to his God. In fact, Jonah chapter 2 is just one long hold confession. It's kind of Jonah crying out to God. And in it, he talks about repenting and he talks about God leading him to this point. And we've all been there. We've all been at points in our life where we've had these prayers late at night. God, I can't believe I did that. I've done it one more time. And God, who's the God of compassion, obviously forgives us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so what does, what happens in Jonah chapter three? Well, if your bad choices swallow you whole, Jonah chapter three, if you turn from God, God will forgive you. If you turn from your sins, God will forgive you. That's what Jonah chapter three is. And not only that, Jonah actually decides to go back to Nineveh where God told him to go in the first place to to a city of about 120,000 people. In fact, the surrounding city, the surrounding towns was about a million people. Now, can you imagine, in fact, I, I, don't, I don't know if somebody got into this the first, Nineveh was an evil place. I mean, it was known for its evil ways. It was known for murder and people being piled up in the streets as far as dead bodies. And Jonah finally decides to go, and this is what happened. He preaches to them in Jonah chapter 3, verse 5, the Ninevites believe God. Now, I've preached a lot of sermons, but I've never seen over a million people come to faith in Jesus Christ as a result of my preaching. And that's exactly what happens. All these people there experience the weight of the sin in their life, and they decide to turn back to the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh, and they repent. And, then, and this is what it said, Jonah chapter 3, verse 6. Let everyone call urgently on God and let him give up their evil ways and their violence. Now, I love this call urgently because that is, that's a sense of, you know what? I know what I've done. I know and I own it. And true repentance is always a result of two things, a powerful change in your heart and a public change around the people that see you. A powerful change in your heart, meaning you know what you've done has been disobedient. You know the path that it's led you to. But it's also a public change. People can see that there has been a change in your heart. There has been a change in your life. Now, Here's the thing you need to understand as we get into Jonah chapter 4 before we finish this whole story. Jonah was a prophet, but he was also a bigot. That's right. He was a bigot. And because of his faith, he used that as a crutch. In fact, the Israelites had this attitude that because God, you know, the God of the Hebrews, the God of Yahweh, uh, we're more special than other people groups. And while God called Jonah and Jonah obeyed the call, he still had bigotry in his heart. In fact, he had so much bigotry that he didn't want to go to the Ninevites in the first place because he ran from God. And then when God decided to show compassion and not destroy him, because here's the thing about the whole story of Jonah. I get the whole runaway part. I get running from God. I get God having compassion on me and God having compassion on Jonah and God showing compassion. And eventually the, the greatest revival in history breaks out because all the Ninevites basically believe in God as a result of Jonah preaching. What I don't get is Jonah's hatred for these people. What I don't get is Jonah's feelings. And so God decides he's going to teach him a lesson. And here's what happened. The Ninevites believe God. They all fast and pray and they give up their evil ways. And Jonah, Jonah chapter four, Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Now, I can't think of anything better than people who are turning back to God. I can't think of anything better than that. I can't think of anything that would excite me more. But Jonah doesn't do that. He gets angry because of his heart. And because of his hard heart, he doesn't want God who gave him a second chance to give these Ninevites a second chance. And so here's what happens. Jonah chapter four, this vine kind of grows up. He's in the heat of the sun. He's out, he's out kind of somewhere pouting. And I love this definition of the word pout. It basically means this to show irritation or a bad mood, usually done to get what you want. 
So Jonah thinks he's going to go out and pout and get what he wants, but that doesn't happen. So he's out there in the heat of the sun, and all of a sudden this vine grows up over his head. And he's enjoying it because he's out of the hot sun. Then God allows this worm to come along, eat up the vine, and then Jonah's pouting becomes whining. And he says, God, you know, I'm, I, you know I just want to die. Now, verse 3, now, oh Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. I mean, this doesn't sound like a very mature person. But it does sound like a person who does not have his head on straight as far as how God sees people. Here's what I know about God. God sees you all the same. Color, race, religion, cultural background, economic. All of you are just like me. There's no one here who doesn't need God's grace, God's compassion, God's mercy, who God doesn't love as equally as he loves me or loves anyone else. You're all a sinner just like me. In fact, look at the person next to you and just say, hey, you're a sinner just like me. Go ahead and say it. You're a sinner just like me. That's it. That person sitting next to you. Okay, now shut up. Seriously, though. That person sitting next to you needs God's grace. And here's what I think the story of Jonah can be summed up. And I just flew through this. We all have a Tarshish and we all have a Nineveh. We all have a Tarshish and we all have a Nineveh. That Tarshish for you is how far you're going from whatever God has called you in your life. I don't know. Maybe you've got a calling in your life. I think we all have a calling. You might have a professional calling, meaning that you're going to use your career, but God has saved you so you can use that professional career to step out and be a light into the world, and we need those people. Maybe you have a, a professional, a ministerial calling, and you're going to go into ministry. We all have a calling. We all are called to do something. When I married my lovely wife, who gave me my awesome children, her calling was to be a mother. That's what she told me. She said, I just, I just want to be a mom. That's, that was, that's what she felt her calling. And what an excellent job she did with our children. We all have a calling. But what is, what is, what is your Nineveh? What is your Nineveh? Have you been running from it? Because I believe that eventually as you run from that, you're going to discover, as I discovered, You're never going to be so pleased or more happy or satisfied or content, whatever word fix for you, as when you discover what God's plan is and you do it. Because here's the thing. God's love in Jonah chapter 4 is all about compassion. It's about God showing compassion. It's about Nineveh repenting and God showing compassion. And that's who my God is. Through Jesus Christ, he showed me compassion. He looked at me and he saw me and he said, you know what, Rusty, I know you've made some bad choices in life and I know you've tried to run from me at times. And there have been, there have been times even recently in my own life that I've even tried to run from God's plan because it was too hard or I just didn't want to do it or didn't think I could do it or didn't want, you know. But God continually, through Jesus Christ, shows me compassion. He shows me compassion. He shows me compassion. And while, you know, there's this future plan called a Nineveh, I believe there are daily choices that we have every day that's also a Nineveh, where God calls us to go, what God calls us to do. And you know what? This sounds cliche, but you're here for a reason, obviously, and that reason is to serve God, and that reason is to fall in love with Jesus. But it's also to use your unique abilities and talents in the way that God has equipped you to be whatever God's called you to be. Every single one of you are a prophet of God. Every single one of you. If you have the Holy Spirit living in your life, you have the ability to tap into a holy God and to use his love 
through your personality because not everybody's personality is going to reach everyone. And here is a God of compassion using someone who absolutely said, you know what, I'm going to run from you. And then eventually ran off. And when he ran off, he ended up in a place where he didn't want to be. And then he decided, okay, I'm going to do what you said. And then I'm going to go to Nineveh and I'm going to speak. And he speaks and God uses him. And then he ends up pouting. I think Jonah was going through like a, a depression because here's, here's what I've discovered. Every time that God uses me, there's always this period of down, you know, and you've got to be ready for that. And maybe he was down because of that. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about Jonah's emotional moods. Here's why I love the story of Jonah. I believe it fits us all. And some of you, you know, I don't know. I don't know where you're at. I know what you're doing. I know what you're going to do at the end of this year. I know what your plans are this summer. You can't run from God. God's got his hand on you. In fact, you ought to be so thankful that you're in a Christian community where that is reinforced all the time. You know, you've got professors and you've got leaders who love Christ, who are not only trying to teach you information to improve your life towards your career, they're also modeling Christ for you. And so you're in an environment that's even better than most people experience when they go through college. You should tap into that. And I think through your experience, you're going to realize that the Nineveh that God's called you to is going to be so amazing And you're going to find out the thing you thought you were running from is actually the thing that creates the most happiness in your life. So my challenge to you is, what's your Nineveh? What's your Tarshish? God loves you. And his grace is always going to chase you. And when he gets a hold of you, he's just going to love you even more. And he's going to forgive you. And maybe that's where you've been. You've been running from God. You know you've been running from God. There's been something you shouldn't be doing. And what you just need to do is kind of take a moment and maybe just spend a whole chapter like Jonah did, just saying, God, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Forgive me. Have compassion on me. Because I really believe that God has a purpose and a plan in what he does and in everything he does. Did you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for these students. I thank you for your love. But most of all, I thank you for Jesus. It's because of Christ that we actually can come before you because of his forgiveness and his love and his compassion in our life. Jonah's an excellent, excellent example of people at times in our life that we've all experienced and even our own life that when we run from God, God's always there pursuing us, trying to get our attention. And he's not there to to wear us out, but he's there to put his arms around us and say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you another chance and another chance and another chance. And by the grace of God, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we can receive forgiveness. In fact, Lamentation says, you know what? Your mercies are made new every morning. And God, I just want to pray right now for every student right now who's battling with where they're going Because they're seeking and they want to know and they want to know what the next step is. I just pray that in their time here and in their time of serving you and following Christ in this age that they have, God, would you reveal what Nineveh you have for them? Where do you want them to go? Where do you, what do you want them to do with their life? And may they see just an awesome fit, almost like a puzzle piece of how God's designed them and created them and wants to use them in an awesome capacity for the love and compassion of God in the world. God, I pray that they experience that. And I pray some people right now who are running from God and didn't even want to be here today, but they had to get their chapel chapped off, you know, and, and they've been dealing with it. And God, you're speaking to them. God, would you just reach out to them and show them that you love them?
that you still love them because of what Jesus did, that you still forgive them and you're still there with them and you still want to do something in their life. And there's no place so far that you've gone that if Jonah can go in the belly of a fish for three days, there's no place you've gone so far that God can't restore and redeem and pull you out of. God, would you show that to them? We praise you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do in the lives of students through your truth. God, thank you, Christ, for all that you've done. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You have-